Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Listening to the Brenton on Tour podcast. That's right. He travels the world running concerts and searches for the best coffee, people, and amazing stories so you don't have to. Pay attention, you're gonna learn something for a change. This is a show about all of those things and much, much more. You're blowing my mind right now. This is I hope someone's recording this. So settle in for a cup of amazing coffee. He's a coffee snob, by the way. Crank that ghetto blaster and enjoy the 150,000 ranked podcast in the land. Ah, fake laugh. Hiding real pain. I think that's an exaggeration. It's the Brenton on Tour podcast. Any question? Here's BD. Hello, friends. What's going on? Welcome to the Brenton on Tour podcast for another week. Launching a brand new series called Sober on Tour. What does that mean? All the definitions that go with it. Is it even possible to be sober on tour doing what I do for a living or what anyone does for a living who spends, you know, copious amounts of time from a tour bus to an arena, to catering, to a hotel, to a tour bus, to press, to all these things that have to go on, keep you functioning out there. How are we doing it? How are we, you know, maintaining our health? All the rest of it goes into this discussion about being sober on tour and whether it's even possible. So, Coffee, hello, live from Moncton, New Brunswick. I haven't been here for a long, 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 long time. They've built a new arena here. Um, it's just completely changed. The whole place has changed since the last time I was here. So, love the Maritimes. Got a substantial amount of my start here. Uh, tour managing bands, Mudman, <clears throat> Jay Englishman, all these guys. Um, we came out here and did all these shows with Biffy. Hi, Biff. Uh, McConnell and Crush, all these bands that we just toured all through the Maritimes. And you can't get your gold record in Canada unless you come to the Maritimes. You got to come out here and and uh, and do the time. In Newfoundland, you got to do um, <clears throat> Halifax and Moncton and St. John and all that stuff. So uh, love this part of the world. It was my favorite part of Canada until I moved west. And, uh, well, I'm back for the first time in a long time. Let me take a sip. Um, so one of the things that um, I wanted to talk um, about and, and kind of address on this is because we're getting back into touring. We're getting back into this tour world, and we've been shut down for two years. It's been kind of a weird a weird time um, where the whole thing shut down. I think it's the only time in our business that we'll ever get that kind of break ever again. Um, and now it's back and it's coming back hard. And in that time, people have had a chance to sort of, they've been sitting at home. Uh, perhaps they they were kind of faced with some realities of, of what tour life was like, uh, things that might've been propping them up, you know, um, things that might've, you know, got them through the day out here 
aren't necessarily readily available when they get home. And it's unfortunately caused problems. We've lost people in our business because of it. And it's a, it's an issue. I mean, it's a, it's a serious issue about mental health and all the rest of it. And there's been a really great movement in our business. I've seen, especially I've just been back out on a couple little runs here, but as it ramps up and towards the end, just before COVID and all the rest of it hit, that there was a pretty substantial movement to being uh, fit and better and, you know, just feeling better all the way around and maintaining things. You know, the, the hard partying days of, of, uh, of the past, you know, I think people are wise up to it now and just, you know, it's big business. This is big business, you know, smashing hotel rooms and throwing things out the window and all that stuff. It's just, it's just not good business. And, uh, and today's obviously day and age, uh, everything's documented and all the rest of it. So I, I feel like you're getting a, a real movement towards mental health. And so for my friends, for instance, like uh, Jess and Andrea that run an incredible program called fit on tour, uh, they, they basically, their mission is to help people stay fit mentally and, and all the rest of it on tour. And they were a big help to me when I was going through this, this journey and, and, and entering into a world of not drinking anymore and trying to do my job and, and doing the rest of it. Um, well, we'll get into the minutia, but it was an amazing you know, app that popped up or, or Instagram that had popped up that basically gave you a chance to check in every single day and tag what you were doing. And it, it formed a community like any community that you would be a part of, whether you're a guitar player, guitar player community, you know, drummer community, camping community, v- vegan community, whatever it is that obviously we know that there's a, a huge sober uh, community that's out there. And, and also the fit community that's out there that sticks together, that helps each other, that gets through um, it together. They prop each other up. They do the whole thing. And, and uh, Andrea and Jess had, had formed this thing called fit on tour that coincided with me being able to, you know, you know, not, you know, or try to go on tour and not have a couple of drinks after the show and, and try to do this job completely um, sober. Okay. And, and do it. <clears throat> You know, can I, can I do the long days? Can I do the, um, the 17, 18 hour days and not want to, you know, Jameson, you know, at the end of the night or two or three, you know, it, it, you, you, you go through it. So that was great. So we'll get into that, but there's all these things that have happened in our business that, that, uh, that are starting to help people be more fit and, and more mentally aware on tour. And I'm, and I think it's amazing. So as we come into this, this world of touring again, and people are kind of coming out of their homes for the first time and might've tucked away any demons or might've tucked away any struggles or doubled down on their struggles or whatever it was, regardless, we're all getting back to work and it's more important than ever for our community to support each other. Now, before when I was touring and if I was drinking and, and all the rest of it, just part of it. And like, like you do, you go out and have some drinks, join the tour. You know, you go to this restaurant, you go to that restaurant. It's a day off. You're in Dublin, you're walking the cliffs of hope, but then there's a pub at the end of it. So it's like, sure, let's go in for a beer. Let's go in for this. It's just so routine to have it as part of our world out here. And 
it's really something to to have people come off of that, go home, have to sit home for two years, and then come back to it. <laughs> and do you hit the ground running and go right back into it? Some people have decided to to remove that from their world. And I wanted to touch on that through this series. I want to bring some people in, musicians, uh, people that do my job, um, the builders, the, you know, whether it be agents, managers, that doesn't matter. Everyone has been affected in some capacity over the last two years, have had to face maybe various struggles, whatever they're going to go through. And um, I kind of wanted to shed a little bit of light on, you know, my journey into it and just be kind of like, well, it is, it is possible to do it. And this is kind of how I'm doing it. What did that help somebody? Hopefully great. Amazing. I mean, it's a bit, it's an interesting subject because I call this new series. I mean, it's still, it's in, it's Brenton on tour. It's part of like the other stuff that I've done, you know, coffee and travel and life, but sober on tour, sober on tour has this sort of stigma to it. If it was no drinks on tour, it sounds like it's something that the artist created or the name of a tour, for instance. It's like these bands are together and it's called the no drinks on tour and we challenge to not drink for two months or something on tour. It's cool. That has a fun intonation to it. That has a fun kind of thing. But when you call something sober on tour, now you're putting it into the box. You're putting me into a box. You're putting the guests into the box. You instantly go to the box of like, oh, sober on tour. He's doing a series about being sober on tour, which means he had a problem. Why did he get sober? Why is your guest getting sober? I mean, it's it's just true. It's a it's a it's part of the stigma. It's if if you say you're sober, you must have had a problem, right? By definition, I pulled this up the other day. You know, the definition of sober. He's a half decent guy when he's sober, but when he's drunk, he's just not accountable for what he does. And he spends a lot of time drunk, abstaining from drinking alcohol or, t- or taking intoxicating drugs, refraining from the use of addictive, addictive substances. By definition, uh, at least in the Webster's Dictionary, is sober is that. Non-drinks is more of an event. Mon- you know, everyone takes, you know, no drink January, whatever they call it, no drink February or or dry January or whatever they, they do, you know, they're, they're, people create events about it. But when you make it about your life and that you make that change to truly become sober, you're putting yourself into a situation where you're, you're going to be judged. You're going to put yourself into a situation where the stigma is there. And that to me is where it becomes um, a pro uh, where people jump, where they can't stick around to be sober because they can't handle the, the, well, why, why are you, why are you sober? What, what, what's wrong? Well, I also don't do Coke and I don't do heroin. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a thing. And I've touched on it before, but you put yourself in a box. So can you be sober on tour? Why did I become sober on tour? Why did I become sober on life? I mean, it's a, it's, it's each individual journey. Everyone's got their own story. Some people just had to clean it up. Some people just have never drank and by definition have been sober their whole life. Okay. Um, some people needed a change. I'm no doctor. Hey, I study on it a little bit, but I'm no doctor. But why did I personally do it? So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I want to tell a little bit of a tale about why I went the road that I did 
how how I got there and and sort of how I'm maintaining. So coming out of like 2018, you know, tech, you know, there was a lot of lot of touring, a lot of traveling, a lot of everything. And I did the math on how many drinks I probably had. And this is where you put yourself in a vulnerable position because people are like, you know, oh, you know, you're at their party. No, actually. And if anyone you that knows me, when I told them I don't drink anymore, everyone almost had the same look like, what? But you, you don't really drink, do you? <laughs> I don't swing off the chandeliers, but I've had my share. That, that for sure. Um, but I did the math on the whole process and, and was kind of saying to myself, like, all right, I had a lot of drinks in 2018. It's you're taking the band out. You're taking people out. You're, you know, it's, it's part of the thing. It's like, okay, we got four days off. It's like, let's, there's a band dinner. There's, there's this, there's that. You got to go out and, and, and take them out. In my position where I'm overseeing a tour, you know, I'm overseeing, uh, you know, and working with all the, all the different departments and teams just to make sure everyone's good. Like, you know, do you need anything from, from me? Do you need anything from us? Do you need anything from, from us to help this go, go smooth? And you, 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 you form relationships through that process that people do lean on you or they need things. And then you become just, you just become close. You do three tours a year. You're going to meet 300 people a year. It's just the way it goes. So you go out and what's the connection everyone has? Let's go to the pub. Let's have a beer. Let's do the whole thing. And that's sort of the way in and was the way in for so many of us for so long. And so I, I just kind of looked back on, on that time and looked back at my quote unquote drinking career and was like, huh, I think I probably had a thousand drinks in 2018. And people are like, holy shit, holy shit, do that. A thousand drinks. What's that? How do you, how do you, uh, what do you mean? Like, well, that's only like two a day plus a little bit more. Think about it. How many of you, I'm accusing you, I'm not judging you, but how many people watching and listening have a couple of beer after work or a, glass, a couple glasses of wine after work? And if it's not every single day, it's two on Monday, it's one on Wednesday, it's four on Saturday. But if it, if it averages out to two a day, I mean, you're already at over 700. And then you add weekends, you add days off, you add time off, you add all the rest of it. So I'm like a thousand drinks. I'm like, geez. That's a lot. So is that going to continue? Can I do a thousand next year? Because that's only, you know, I've never, I don't have 12 drinks. You know, again, coming back to the statement of me, like people looking at me going, what? you don't drink very much. Well, I've had my moments. Sure. <laughs> but overall, you know, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty even killed about it. But I, I was kind of doing the math and I'm like, well, I, I plan on being in this business for a long time. I've been in the business for a long time, but in this role, you know, off and on since 2012, it's just got substantially busier, busier, busier. And now it's taking me away for 30, you know, the last since 20. 16 and 18, I've been away for anywhere between 20, 20 to 30 weeks a year. So you're just out. And if the way in is let's go meet at the pub and let's have some drinks and, and, and all the rest of it, if that's the way in to every single tour, which generally is, um, you know, you can get caught 
in that cycle. And I was finding myself getting caught in that cycle. And then it's a couple of drinks after the show. And then it's a couple of drinks, you know, on your days off. And then it goes and it goes and it goes. And I was just like, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I need to see if I can do this job without it because it is 16, 20 hour, it's 16 hour days to 20 hour days. This tour I'm on now, it's basically 24 hour on, 24 hour off. So you're consistently, you know, you're in work mode, off work mode, in work mode, recovery mode, in work mode, hit the gym, in work mode, you know, whatever. And if I'm adding the pub and I'm adding all the rest of it to the, it just, it doesn't fly. I've got a substantial amount of responsibility with this job. I just, I need to be at the top of my game and all the top guys that do what I do for the most part from my discussions with them is that they don't drink anymore. And I, that blew me away when I discovered that, that out. And I was like, it, it got me asking the question, how, how can you go through a 16 hour, super stressful day and not want to drive a couple of Jameson into you at the end of the day? Cause that's what we, the way the whole thing has been going and the way we've been programmed it, not we, but generally speaking, people have used it for various things, coping or, stressed or whatever for me it was like it would take the the pressure off of a, of a day so man i was like wow so then i i said to myself okay i gotta see if i can do this job uh without a drink can i pull this off can i put myself into the most stressful situation and then you know just work through it so that was the first challenge for myself which started with basically 30 days like everyone does with the sober january and all the rest of it but then turned into more. And that first part of the discovery, and I've touched this before, if you've listened to this show, if you've watched this show, you know that I came across this amazing book called The Sober Diaries. I found it in Heathrow and I started leaping through it. And it was made by this wonderful woman named, uh, written by this wonderful woman named Claire Pooley, which we'll get into. And it, I just discovered that she basically started documenting her life as a, you know, as a mom trying to balance everything and then, you know, just driving a bunch of wine into her all week and, and cleaning it up. And she started documenting her journey day by day and turned it into a very successful blog that millions of people came to. And then she wrote a book about it and it's so easy to read. And I was able to, to kind of like read it and get through it. And, and I reached out to her. And had said, listen, this thing is amazing. It's a, it's an incredible book and it's really helpful. She reaches back out to me and she says, thanks, thanks so much. And, and it, it was just this really cool first connection with somebody in that space. And I said, you know, I got through it and I, I almost caved in, I think it was Cork, Ireland. I was in Cork, Ireland, as you are in whiskey alley and it's just every single kind of whiskey from around the world. And it was kind of a bit of a stressful time. I missed home. It was the whole thing. And I almost caved. I was like, geez, I'm, I'm really, God, I, I really want to go down this road. And I'd read ahead on her book, which I never did at that point. I'd only read up to say a certain amount of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, chapters or something I, to the, the days that she was on. I tried to stick to the days that I was on and man, it was, such a, I got to like day 240, which is where I was basically in my journey. And she had caved and I was like, Oh, okay. And uh, I took a step back and was like, read her book up to that point and, and read what happened to her after she caved and realized that, you know, she, she felt like she'd made a big mistake and didn't, you know, 
and wish you hadn't. So it, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I can't, I'm going to follow this path here and keep going. And it got me through. And I reached out to her and said, Hey, I, uh, I, this really helped at, at day 240. It actually, like in the end, I would say it pushed me to that one year because I just didn't want to do it. And she reached back out to me and was very, very, very gracious with her words. And, and I invited her down to meet me uh, and say hello. And she came, I couldn't believe it. And that's, this is Claire and I at the O2 in London, which is one of my favorite buildings in the whole world. Different hair. Yeah. yeah. Going a little bit, uh, losing some there. Anyways, um, she came and met me at the O2 and, uh, I, I just thought it was this wonderful time that she gave me. And she put me, you know, she put me in this, this space where I was now connected to this book, not just as a reader, but I was connected as a friend now of the author and it's a best-selling book. And it was such a, beautiful moment for me on this journey that really pushed me over that year. And then that was, that was like the moment for me where I was like, okay, I think I got this. And once I crossed over a year, I started realizing that all those things and all those urges and all the rest of it to drink were going away. I was balancing with Jim. I was balancing them with, um, this show balancing. them trying to find all the best coffee in the world. Stand by. This one's really good by the way. Um, and, so I, I, I found myself balancing um, all these other things and I, I didn't have the urge anymore. So then as that happens, you start, um, as I said, I, I add this to my life uh, from Jess and Andrea, which is fit on tour, um, which is basically a hub for us to go and, and show what we're doing. You know, you show your gym picks, but how are you staying fit on tour? What are you doing to stay fit on tour? It's an amazing, amazing program. And uh, it was a, it, it kind of coincided out of finding Claire's book and it just powered me through. And so as I'm going through those, those, those discoveries, it was one of those things where I started discovering more people on the journey that were sober that had decided not to drink on tour. And that was an eye opening one for me. That was one of those things where not that I didn't notice it before, but I'd started discovering way more people that were. And Claire touches on it in, in the book where she thinks everyone's partying. And then she realizes it's probably just her partying. <laughs> and I was like, huh. yeah, I poured a lot of drinks. <laughs> and by party, I mean, you know, just, Hey, do you need another drink? Hey, do you want a drink? Hey, I, I just poured one. Do you want one? You know what I'm saying? And Claire had said, Hey, you know, I discovered quickly that everyone was trying to either catch up to me or, you know, I was just kind of like, they were coming to watch what I was going to do next. <laughs> uh, you know, or, or in that, in that regard. And I just thought it was interesting on that side. So anyways, this book was very, very helpful. I, I highly recommend it if you're starting your journey to do it. Um, Claire's wonderful and uh, she's a huge support uh, for everyone in that community. Um, and uh, she was, she was wonderful. So I, uh, it was just a big discovery moment. So there was a, a few factors. And once I got over that year and started discovering everybody else that was in the business or that I'd met on tour that was starting to do it, it really opened my eyes that there's just a lot more people doing this than, than, uh, than I, than I thought. And coming into this new world of touring now, 
now we're faced with, um, you know, we, we've got two years away and it's more prominent than ever that people's mental health has been, you know, taken into account that uh, they've done a check on themselves, um, you know, on, and they've kind of looked in the mirror and said, I, I think I need to change it up or whatever. And, and it's just, I think that this, these conversations need to start, start happening amongst us on tour, but also support groups of people that while we're out here that, you know, can lean on each other and, and, and all the rest of it. So that's something that I'm, I'm kind of going through a discovery phase now to seeing what else is out there. Um, some big, big tours have support groups out with them. Some smaller ones, it's more difficult. You've got to kind of find your way of people doing things. And, um, again, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stigma around the, the, the sober thing. No one wants the sober person there or whatever. It's, there's a lot, there's still a lot to it, which is why a lot of people bail off of it because they just can't handle the, the judgment. And you think about that for a minute. People judge you for being sober. They never judge. They don't really judge you for drinking unless you're, completely out of control in which case they're like that guy needs to stop drinking or that girl needs to stop drinking but as the casual drinker and you say you don't drink there's there's just always like huh you know it's just a very very interesting dynamic but through the process you know there's a really good article that was sent to me that I'll share with you guys here and it sort of talks about you know, the hard party bands are like the outliers now. You know, how rock and roll broke up with booze and drugs. There's Nita, who plays with Alice Cooper. Um, and it's true. There's Randy from Lamb of God. I, I mean, I, I did a whole tour with them last summer. Great guy. The, the band is is basically sober. Those guys are great guys, you know. And it, um, there's just a lot of people that have decided to clean it up. And I don't think a lot of people understand how many musicians have done it. You know, Mike Kerr, Royal Blood. I mean, that band's killer. Um, you know, and looking up to the hard partying madness that that was um, the 80s and, and all the rest of it, people are like, well, we got to join a band and we got to smash hotels and we got to do this and that. Well, it's not just the band that goes through that, everybody. You know, th there's a hundred people on tour and there's a hundred different stories on tour. Um, Randy's got a great quote here. There's a, and this is from the guardian, by the way. Um, he's got a great quote here about there's this cultural mythos of the artist as an alcoholic and a drug addict. Says, but I was nervous at first uh, when sober that I wouldn't be able to write, but in fact, it actually unlocked a sort of creative switch in my brain. Um, you know, Mike from Royal Blood, I had an entrenched belief that being hungover and intoxicated was great for creativity, but once sober, you know, he wrote Typhoons and uh, and then basically they got a number one album out of it. So, you know, it's it's a very interesting dynamic and in all these bands, like, look at these people that are sober. You got Elton John, who's like 30 years, you got um, Eminem, Lana Del Rey, you know, there's Eminem's, you know, uh, Insta where he talks about it. Anthony Kiedis from from the Chili Peppers, you know, Chris from Coldplay, all these guys have chosen to kind of take this approach. And so it's not as uncommon as you think, but people are, uh, 
I think the biggest thing about being sober and being out here is trying to clean the stigma up and trying to remove the stigma that it's okay. It's okay to, to not drink. And, and, you know, are you bringing the party down because you're not the drinker? I don't know. I don't buy into it anymore. I, I've, I've been around some amazing sober people and, and half the people that I'm going to have on this show, uh, well, all the people on this, I'm going to have on the show are, are sober, obviously, but, but the guests are, are going to tell their tale of, about what it, what it's like as a musician and sober crew person versus the drunk or versus the partier or versus someone who has alcohol as a, as a regular means to their life. And, um, it's going to, I think, open a lot of eyes to people that it is possible to do this. Uh, and you know, one of the things I touched on before was this, this thing about calling it sober or no drinks. Oh, we just don't have any drinks on tour. Oh, but you still drink. Oh yeah. We just don't drink on tour. And, uh, <laughs> the definition is unbelievable between the two. You call someone sober and it's like, Ooh, all right, we better be careful around that guy. You call the drinking, uh, the tour, a non-drinking tour. And it's like, oh, okay, we're just not drinking. It's so funny. So that's the first thing that I'm hoping that this 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 series does. And I think I'm going to probably run about ten episodes. We'll we'll go as long as it'll it'll go. But um, I want to have some people on that that want to talk to Journey, and, and hopefully they'll help people that are struggling. Uh, or, you know, that, that do our job for a living and, and are trying to decide whether they can do this without alcohol. It is possible. It is possible to do it without all of it if you got a support group. And so hopefully between, you know, some of these things that we're talking about fit on tour, like I'm going to put the links and all that stuff in below everywhere. And hopefully everyone will start joining it. Uh, even if you're still drinking, and, you, and you're going to, or whatever, and you're going to put, you know, being fit on tour, it's great. They've done an amazing job. And I just think everyone should should just join it. It's a, it's an awesome, fun time. And uh, it's amazing to see how many bands and musicians that are out doing it and uh, trying to to maintain it. Um, so I'm going to have some guests on that are going to uh, maybe surprise you that they're sober. You're going to be like, what? That person? You know? Yeah. I'm going to have a few of them on. Uh, I got some crew guys coming on. Some people that, that, that build that, uh, that do my job. Some people that work for the artist. Um, some people that have worked for artists for a long time, uh, that have decided to take that approach. So I'm stoked to have them on. I'm going to kick it off, um, next week, uh, with my first guest, which we all know, uh, let me just find it here for you. I had it. I had it all done here. Uh, stand by. Where did it go? Um, there we go. So you guys know that I've had Todd Kearns on a bunch before. He's a good uh, good friend of mine. Todd plays with Slash and uh, Tuke, and he's you know for Canadians, he's Age of Electric. Everyone knows him. So uh, he's going to come on. He's going to be my first guest next week. And uh, we're going to talk about his journey from landing in Saskatchewan into, uh, you know, touring the world with one of the most renowned uh, drinkers of all time with Slash. And, you know, that's going to be a that's going to be an interesting conversation because I think people uh, are like Slash was, you know, the king partier. He was the guy. 
Well, he's not anymore. He's sober. And all of his band, his band is basically practically sober. And I think it's going to surprise a lot of people with this conversation that we're going to have. And forgive me here, because I actually had the graphic all queued up and it's it's now missing. <sighs> so anyways, as it goes, you know what I mean? Just I uh, can't plan. I can't totally plan everything. So <laughs> totally properly. But anyways, we're going to have Todd on Kearns from uh, from Slash. That's next week. Uh, when we kick this thing off with the guests, uh, the week after that, I got a couple of guys that uh, do what I do. So we're going to talk about that. And then uh, I, the bands are starting to roll in. I've had a, a couple of artists uh, that are interested in coming on. And remember with this, this thing, it's, it's tough for people to, to speak about. Some people will, will be like, no, it's my personal journey. I, I don't, I, I just can't get into it. Um, and that's great. That's theirs. And I would never want to uh, have somebody on that wasn't comfortable talking about it. But the people that have agreed to come on are, are here to talk about it. And uh, I'm very excited about that because uh, I think it's crucial. I think it's crucial that people understand that you can do this job sober. You can do this job, any job in this business. And I also want to say that this could be sober in the office. This could be called sober, you know, in sports. This could be called sober in business. This, you know, this could be called sober in podcasting, whatever it's going to be. Right now, it's sober on tour because I'm on tour and this is what I do for a living. And I've chosen to not drink and I've chosen to do this completely with a clear head. And I love it. And, uh, you know, 6 a.m. wake ups, it's, it's easy to, it's really easy to do now ish. Uh, but it, it applies to the business, it applies to um, everything we talk about on this show you can apply to you, to your life. So you can, you know, if Todd might be talking about touring with Slash and, and growing up in Lanigan, Saskatchewan and going through the battle, you know, the one, the 150 highball nights to trying to, you know, to move to Vegas, to move to LA, to play with one of the biggest partiers in the world and do it sober. You can apply that to your office. You can apply it to wall street. You could apply it to sports you know being on a hockey team you can whatever you can do you can apply it to all of these things because hopefully the tools that we're laying out here that we're all going through and how we're getting through it will apply to you and you can incorporate them in your life and i believe the fit on tour friends are going to have various things you know about it they're going to have options for you to be fit in the office and fit on the road and fit whatever it is for me it's Search for coffee, regular gym routine, sleep, nap is the new drink now. A nice good nap. That's the that's the double for me. <laughs> Getting up, you know, a podcasting, this is great. Trying to be creative, trying to um be, you know, uh tell stories and hopefully have it inspire people to do things, you know, whatever. That's all been really helpful for me. Finding a community out there, um, I uh, I found a, a Janet who gave me that that article from uh, from the Guardian. Um, I discovered uh, she's got a great thing um, called Tribe Sober, an incredible group. You know that's been amazing. You can find your tribe, you can find your people, and I'm hoping that uh, what we're doing here and what I'm going to try to do over the next ten episodes, you can take some of that. And go for it. I feel amazing. Um, I'm I'm over this the stigma part of it. Club soda and lime is my best friend. 
Um, I've touched on it before, but my friends at Partake, this thing is really rad. This is a great non-alcoholic beer from Calgary's. I'm showing it to my friends on screen that are watching, but um, this thing has been amazing. And I was never a beer guy. I was a whiskey guy, but I discovered this, you know, 10 calories, gluten-free, vegan, all the rest of it. Um, and it was, just, it's just a really well tasting as close to a beer as I've tasted. Uh, and they sponsored the podcast and they were amazing to me and they still, uh, you know, send me stuff and it's awesome. So, uh, these guys have been awesome and they've been a big help too. So these are just some of the tools that, you know, regular gym, finding your community, staying active, immersing yourself in yourself, which is, you know, basically investing in yourself. That's kind of how I've had to do it. Um, and trying to, you know, lean on the people that are helping you. My family, everyone's been amazing. Uh, that's really just really been supportive and, and I can't, you know, thank them enough. And, and, and one of the things that was really, you know, my, my son had said to me one time, just a little while ago, I was pouring a glass of wine for, I don't know, we were at a neighbor's or something. We were our friends. We went and visited some friends. And I poured a glass of wine. And he, the look on his face was like, and he goes, but I thought you were a non-alcoholic. Still the best line. And I said, well, I don't drink anymore. That's not necessarily the term, but you go with it. Let's run with it. And it was just an interesting thing about how concerned he was about me even being around it from observing the idea that, I, you know, don't drink anymore. And my wife does and everyone, it, it, I, tons of friends do. I, I don't, that's, this is me. This is not them. I, I don't, I can be around it. It's fine. It's just the path that I chose to take for my career. And, you know, as I said before, I think we were born with 5,000 drink tickets and I'm pretty sure I've used them all up. I think I used a thousand of them in 2018. So. It was time to shut it down. So the Sober on Tour series is here. Next 10 weeks, please stick around. Join me. I welcome your thoughts. I'd love to get your input. Please send me a message. I do get a lot of messages after these kind of shows where people are, you know, a little bit reluctant to talk about it publicly. And I totally respect that. My inbox is open. Send me some stuff. I'll send you some of the tools that I've, that I've used to get me through it. Uh, since I've started talking about it a little bit more, I'm definitely getting a lot more of those. Um, pick up Claire's book. It's amazing. The Sober Diaries. It's fantastic. She's wonderful. Again, I just have to show her because she's great. She made the time um, to join me at one of my favorite arenas. Uh, find Fit on Tour on Instagram and all the places that you can find it. It's it's a, it's a great program. Uh, and uh, the future is endless for what they're they're doing. Lots of guests coming up including Todd Kearns next week from Slash's band uh, from Tuke, Age of Electric. Um, great guy that made time and, uh, and uh, we, we have, uh, are going to have a great chat. And again, uh, please reach out, send me notes. Uh, I welcome your thoughts. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Sober on Tour begins. Can you be sober on tour? Is it even possible? Well, I'm proof that it can be. It's a work. It's a consistent thing. You got to keep working at it, but you surround yourself with the people that'll help you. You surround yourself with something that you love. Family, coffee, being creative, all these things I love. Uh, but it starts with loving yourself 
And I had to get back into me. I had to get back into taking care of me so I can do my job the best that I can. Uh, I think uh, Bradley Cooper said that he had to quit because he felt like it was holding him back from his full potential. Uh, I would agree. I would agree that uh, something had to go in there for me to keep pressing ahead. And uh, alcohol was it. So here I am, sober on tour. Thanks, friends. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Uh, the Dean Blundell show is coming up next on the network. And uh, I welcome your thoughts. Thanks to my friends at Partake. As always, great product. Love it. Go pick it up. You can just drink it even if you still drink and you don't want to drive home from a party. Drink this. This is really, really good. They got a blonde. They got a pale. They got the whole thing. Do it. It's really, really good. Join me next week. Todd Kearns from Slash's Band. Sober on Tour continues. In the weeks that follow, tons of friends coming on that are also sober. It is the Brenton on Tour podcast for another week. Please join me at uh, brentonontour.com where you'll find all the episodes, past, present, and future. Uh, this is live on YouTube and Twitter and all the places, but uh, please subscribe if, you'd, if you could. That'd be amazing. And, and uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, really appreciate you guys being here, and uh, thanks for joining me today. All right, friends, be well. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.